You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. And all right from Pete said so, Major Meister heads the remainder. Expensive ego on the bend, 27 for the quarter. Crew tries hard. Honolua Bay's on the outside and they were followed by where you've been bopping. Pete said so. They look to be the chances. It's expensive ego. 150 left to go. One danger. Honolua Bay looms large. Quickly hits the lead and goes clear. Honolua Bay. Major Meister's out late flashing home but in front close to home is Honolua Bay and Honolua Bay goes home to win it. Expensive ego second. They get in on, on the, the back of that performance. $2.80 for this week's Miracle Mile. Of course they have a cooked each other in front there. Chris is is going to suit a horse back and he came from last to win on Saturday night Honolulu Bay. Good morning. Yeah, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, he's just in the zone, this horse, right now. He got an absolute peach from David Miranda win the Hunter Cup and uh, he was given another excellent uh, drive there, Honolulu Bay, by David Moran and he duly saluted. So just going down that market uh, with Tab right now. So Major Meister, the first emergency, $12. Spirit of St. Louis, four sixty. He's just down from 450. Hurricane Harley at 15. Honolulu Bay 280. Current favourite as you outline. Catchaway four dollars. Brave New Kelly, the mayor. She got a start. Thirty-four dollars. She's the outsider. A Bondi lockdown. The second emergency. Twenty-six dollars. Mac Dan 13. Captain Ravishing 450. An expensive ego. Twenty-three dollars. The, the biggest mover, Steve, at this point is Mac Dan, and this is the horse that Ryan Spice outlined a couple of weeks ago prior to his start in the Newcastle Mile. That you know, really sort of represented good value. So he's $13. He went up at uh, $21. He touched 12 but he's currently at $13. So you've looked at the replays. At this early stage, how do you sort of see it? Which way are you leaning? Because um, I'm going to back the captain know. again. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Like honestly, okay. if you, you putters were willing to ch- take a dollar twenty-five last start, started a dollar fifteen officially. This week, you can get a dollar fifty-five the place and four fifty the win. I mean, you you know, what do you got to lose? You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it's a valid point. Mm, like his profile before he got beaten last start. I said this morning was a dollar ten, dollar oh eight, dollar six, dollar five. You know. Um, I'm just going to, and, and the tra- has told us this morning, Chris, that they're going to drive him conservatively, try and get on the back of one of the stable mates and, and let him roll. So I'm just going to take the 450 and, and hope. <laughs> yeah, anyway. and, and they're two key points, Steve, two key points that you just raised there. He's got stable mates in the race. So Emma Stewart's preparing half the field. So she's got four runners. I think that's the first time a trainer has ever had four runners starting in a miracle mile plus and i think this is the most significant point is they're not going to burn him like they did off the gate in the chariots of fire so he'll be able to balance up find his rhythm find his groove and i'm sure there's going to be a genuine tempo so hopefully at the end of the race we'll get to see that uh, trademark speed that he's been able to show in, in recent times so you, you make a really good case for him 450 currently he was 450 460 480 he's back into 450 so he's certainly uh getting a little bit of attention despite that wide draw. Mark Pitt sticks with him as well, so he would have had the choice. He drove Mac Dan in the Newcastle Mile, but Mark Pitt is sticking with Captain Ravishing. So we'll talk more about the Miracle Mile right throughout the week, Mm. Steve. We'll have some uh, big guests uh, coming up tomorrow, Thursday, so it'll be very interesting. We might even track down Jerome Ewenberg on Friday as well. 
just to get his uh, speed map from uh, the sulky.app uh, um, uh, website. So it'll be very interesting to see how he sort of reads the race as well. How's that new broadcast facility going? Well, let's find out because <laughs> the chairman of the Albion Park Harness Racing Club is joining us and uh, we're keen to find out and ask a few questions. Brad Steele, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Nice to talk to you all. How does it look, the new tower? It's very shiny, Chris. Um, it's high, um, and it'll be interesting to see what perspective it brings, uh, particularly for the race callers. Um, you never miss a photo finish um, in getting it right, so it'll be interesting to see what, how that all plays out, Chris, because uh, it is a different position to what you would be accustomed to calling the races from, and it sits higher. Um, but as I said, you don't miss yeah. a photo anyway, so um, it'll be great to get your insights. Brad, just a question. I'm well, keen... I'm looking forward to it. Oh, sorry, Chris. I was just saying, I'm looking forward to getting it. We'll return on Friday, and we've got a big 10 event program Saturday night, so we'll get our chance to get the eye in and get accustomed to the new angle pretty quickly. Brad, just a question I'm keen to ask you. Just Albion Park, obviously we know that it's going to close down as a, as a racing venue with the Olympics, and we're going to Norwell and lots of the stuff. So what's the deadline where you have to be out of there again at Albion Park? Yeah, I think at this stage uh, we'd certainly need to be out of there well before December 2026 um, because that's when uh, potentially, you know, uh, Queensland would be hosting near the Dominion again. So uh, at this stage, definitely by uh, December 2026, we would need to be out of Albion Park and racing uh, at the new facility. Well, that, need, that means that some dirt needs starts to be turning at Norwell shortly then. Yes, absolutely. Look, there's, uh, there's certainly uh, you know a lot of work ahead of um, everybody to to make sure that you know we deliver on that um, that timeline. There is uh, there is no plan B, so it it does have to happen. And I'm sure everyone involved, you know, will work expeditiously to make sure that that it does it does happen. But to your point, there's a stack of work that that's yet to be done. What would you like to see on that last night at Albion Park? Obviously, there'll be a sellout. It'll be massive. Uh, crowd there that goes without saying but what would you like to see on that particular evening when it does happen in 2026 yeah i think you know i'd like to see a number of the um i guess uh, participants that maybe you know haven't been to the trots for a long time to come back and you know uh, celebrate you know what was a, a magnificent uh, sort of legacy and heritage for harness racing there at albion park um i'd like to see a big crowd come along i was there the night that they closed down Harold Park, and I'm pretty sure I might have grabbed a bit of the soil from the track as a little keepsake uh, as well. So I think really it should be a celebration of the legacy and the heritage of, of racing uh, at the creek. Um, and I think that's uh, probably what I'd be wanting to see on that night. Well, you put it, do you think Racing Queensland will put a feature on with a heap of prize money, or a fair bit of prize money in that last night? Well, I think we could certainly... Uh, canvas them for that because I think, yeah, absolutely, uh, it'd be good to go out with a bang and put lots of money... Uh, into the industry pockets and I think certainly it wouldn't just be a normal generic uh, race night so I'm pretty certain that RQ would work collaboratively with the creek to make sure it is extra special uh, from that perspective as well. Brad, speaking of prize money, uh, a press release was issued last week and I'm keen to sort of dig a little deeper with this but as far as the constellations, our big winter carnival in July, uh, a lot of races, in fact most races, feature races during our carnival this year have copped some serious increases. So this is music to your ears, no doubt. It, it is, Chris. And look, every year we know we sit down with Racing Queensland and try and work out how can we make each Constellation Carnival just that bit better. 
And so we've only had two so far um, and we've finished that work and you're absolutely right. So for 2023, Constellation's currently a total of eight Group 1 races and 20 group races all up. And to your point, uh, nearly all those feature races have seen an increase in prize money, but you also see, Chris, the addition of a number of new races uh, to the Constellations Carnival as well. And this year, over $3 million in prize money and bonuses will be paid out. Yeah, I want to talk more about the, the trotting features because this is something that the club and RQ have really focused on. But just for those that are tuning in, the Blacks are fake. Our only grand circuit event here in the Sunshine State goes to $400,000 and the traditional lead-up, the Sunshine Sprint to Garrards, it's now going to be run at $200,000. Both the Oaks and Derby go up to $150,000. Uh, we've got the... Uh, Golden Girl for the Mayors, the Group 1 feature, $150,000. The lead-up to that race, the Fleur de Lille, now at $50,000. We've got a Rising Sun Constellation of $50,000. And the four-year-old championship also goes to uh, $50,000, plus the Rising Sun. It's now at three fifty, dollars and it still carries that $100,000 bonus if a three-year-old can win. So that's just the pacing side of it, but it's so appealing, that prize money, isn't it? Absolutely, Chris. And, and you could also throw in there uh, the latest addition to uh, the Constellation Carnival for Paces is the $100,000 Eureka Qualifier, which will be run through uh, uh, run and one through that Winter Carnival as well. Yeah, well, I'm keen to talk more about that as well. And I know we, we've got the, uh, uh, the the whole process taking place during the upcoming Sunshine Star Healing Star with the uh, the slots. What sort of money? Everyone keeps asking me, what sort of money are these slots going to generate? Do, do you have any sort of ballpark figure on, on what's expected? It's probably a guess, Chris, and I know it's always fraught with danger when you're trying to forecast or, or take a stab at it. But look, my my rough view would be, I, I think the average price per slot might be around that $5,000 mark. So, you know, we could be looking at a at a, at a pot of around that $50,000 mark. Obviously, those really popular barrier draws will will attract a premium payment and then it would sort of uh, fall away uh, for the less popular barrier draws. But my, my best guess is I think it'll average about $5,000 per barrier, Chris. Okay, well, that's going to be a very interesting race, a new race for the Carnival this year, the Hayden. As I mentioned, the Trotters, the Great Square, mm -hmm. this is going to be a new feature throughout the Constellations in 2023. And, and big news coming through uh, recently, Brad, with the, uh, the support of uh, Pat Driscoll, Yabby Dams Farms, Harris Detroiters, they're, they're matching the prize money. So all of a sudden, that feature is now worth $150,000. Exactly right, Chris, which now makes it a Group 1 uh, a group one race for our three- and four-year-old trotters. And, uh, yes, Pat Briscoe very generously come on board, harassed the trotters, 100% uh, supportive, and they're putting their money where their mouth is. And, um, you know, um, it's a fantastic concept. It's basically the, the rising sun for the trotters. Uh, and we see no reason why that won't be, you know, a great success. And um, having a, a great race like the Great Square, um, I think it just adds another string to the bow of the Constellation Carnival and attracts, you know, another type of horse to, to our carnival. Yeah, it's very exciting. And uh, there's a lot of talk about these uh, trotting features. We've got a Trotters mm. Oaks, a Trotters Derby. We've got the, the Queensland Trotters Cup now at $100,000. So that being said... Um, is the phone ringing hot? Are you starting to feel a lot of interest from interstate and New Zealand about our carnival? Yeah, definitely, Chris. Um, I would say the number of inquiries is probably up at least a third on the same time last year. And I think particularly out of New Zealand, I think, as we know, last year, whilst a lot of the owners and breeders 
um, attended the Winter Carnival. Uh, we didn't have the horses. I think that will definitely be reversed this year based on the level of inquiries that we're getting out of uh, out of New Zealand, both from a pacer and a, and a trotter perspective. But I still think we'll still get that great uh, presence from Victoria as well, very strong in that trotting rank. Uh, and we've had certainly lots of calls uh, in relation to uh, the Great Square and also the increase to the Queensland Trotters Cup, which is a, an open race uh, for the trotters. So I, I would certainly see uh, increased presence from New Zealand um, this year and certainly matching the number of uh, horses we got uh, from interstate last year. OK, well, speaking of the Kiwis and the interstaters, the Sunshine Stars yearling sale, fast approaching March 11 and 12 down at the Magic Millions Complex on the Gold Coast. How's it all coming together? There seems like there's a really good vibe about. Look, there is, Chris, and just based on uh, the feedback again that we're getting and the inquiries that we're getting, we've actually just uh, reached out to Magic Millions and increased the, the seating capacity in that sale ring. So we'll, we've now got around 500 uh, seats available um, for people on the day. Um, and I think what what's going to be unprecedented about this sale for Queensland, Chris, is that already we've had, I think, at least six Kiwi trainers that have confirmed as coming over to uh, participate in that sale. I could not recall another time where we had so many New Zealand trainers um, and prospective buyers attend a Queensland sale. In addition to that, through one of our key connections at Magic Millions, um, there's also an interest from two potential Southeast Asian buyers, which we're working through at the moment, which, which would be incredibly exciting and a first time ever if we could get some international interest in our sale, and we're just progressing that through Magic Millions as we speak. Okay, well, that sounds very exciting, something very different there. But all in all, like, there's over 130 horses to be uh, auctioned off that day, and uh, there's some great incentive to buy because you're racing for huge money with that race series attached, and so many of these yearlings that are going under the hammer are Q-bred, and we know that the uh, the Q-bred Futurity Scheme is probably the best in, in the Southern Hemisphere, so there's plenty of great reasons to be buying at that sale. Yeah, look, absolutely, Chris, and I think uh, to, to your point, uh, what's also being added now is the new um, Hayden race, which uh, gives guaranteed a Q-bred an entry into the $2 million Eureka race. So anyone who buys a Q-bred at a yearling sale, that's their first ticket um, on getting into that $2 million race. So I think that will add additional value um, and opportunity to those uh, Queensland-based horses, and I know the Queensland buyers are going to be there uh, in droves as well on the back of the $600,000 in prize money that's available for two, three and four-year-olds through the Sunshine Stars Yearling Series. Uh, but as you said, also those Q-bred bonuses and also the increase to the triad prize money as well. Okay. And, and just on that Hayden race and, and part of the, the, the process involved with the Hayden race, the slots are going to be auctioned off on sales day. Yeah, that's right, Chris. So we'll finish the yearling sale, um, maybe roughly around that 330 Mark in the afternoon, we'll have a very quick pause and uh, we'll get stuck straight into auctioning off uh, those barrier draws. And I, I suggest they probably start with barrier one and work their way sequentially up from there. So um, it'll be fascinating. It's never been done before. I think it's a great bit of uh, innovation. It's very unique um, and it'll be fascinating to see the level of interest. But it's probably fair to say we've definitely had some inquiries uh, about it as well. And I think... All the terms and conditions will be out uh, very shortly, but it will be a fascinating way to, to close down um, that event. All right. So if anyone wants to find out more about the upcoming constellations or the sales, which is only weeks away, just contact the club? 
Yeah, just contact the club, Chris. Um, our contact details there. They can go through through the website uh, as well, and um, and I'm certainly you know out and about as well. People can certainly uh, approach me or, uh, as well. Brad, it's Steve. Just when we move to the new club, Norwell, in a few mm. years' time, are you going to be the chair of that club as well? How will that all work? I think that's another piece of the jigsaw, Steve, that will need to be worked out. Um, so um, under our current constitution at Albion Park, um, I've only got another year and a half left um, as chair of the creek. Um, so that that um, that will need to be determined uh, at some stage over the next, uh, next two years, Steve. Okay. Have you been had a look at the site yourself? I did, yes. I've been down there uh, quite some time ago to, to have a look at it, just to get a bit of an idea and, you know, travel time and access and, and all those types of things. So, yes, I, I've been there twice, Steve. All right. So what, what do you think overall, positives, negatives? Look, I think uh, the positives is this gives us a chance to start with a clean canvas. And for me, um, particularly around that training facility, to be able to have 150 to 200 horses uh, train on that track, for me, that's wonderful news for people that, you know, don't have the money to be able to set up their own facility. So I think that is going to provide Racing Queensland or Harness Racing Queensland a great incentive for, uh, in terms of growth from a participant perspective. Um, I think it's right sort of not quite in the middle between Brisbane and the Gold Coast, about 40 minutes from Brisbane, 20 minutes from the Gold Coast. Um, I think the opportunity will be how do we attract, you know, uh, crowds, Um to, to that facility, given that there's a little bit of distance uh, between those two uh, areas. So I think there's some, some challenges and opportunities, but I guess that would come with any brand-new Greenfield uh, site. Um, um, but um, as I said, I, I think the positives outweigh the negatives. Mm. Uh, Stephen, look, you know, as you know, growth and comfort uh, don't coexist, um, and uh, there's going to be some people that, you know, won't be happy with it, but... I think uh, once they see the finished product and what it will enable uh, for racing in Queensland, I think most people will, will will be on board with it. And what are some of the things that are going to be taken from Albion Park to Norwell? Uh, probably not uh, a lot. Um, uh, any sort of uh, plant and equipment that's in really great working order, mobiles, um, certainly anything that we can repurpose uh, will certainly... Uh, reuse them, but at this stage, I don't think there'd be a hell of a lot, Steve, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I think, as I said, we'll start with a brand spanking new uh, facility. But certainly where there are things that make sense for us to, to repurpose, we'll certainly do that. But at this stage, not a lot has been earmarked. Uh, uh, to Chris wants you to take that old demountable broadcast box there. Um. <laughs> well, well, yep, that's right. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. You're welcome. Thanks yeah, very much. Brad Steele joining us. Jack Butler, Chris, you often talk about Jack's season last year. It was a beauty, and uh, he's progressing nicely. Of course, one of our leading trainers in the Sunshine State, and he's with us. Yeah, he is the leading trainer in the Sunshine State, reigning champion. He was crowned with that honour recently at the uh, Racing Queensland Awards Night. But I'm sure Jack would have been tuned in there uh, listening to Brad and, and hearing all these prize money upgrades because... We mentioned recently, Steve, there was the possibility that a, a star from New Zealand could be making his way to Queensland. Well, let's find out if that has been materialised. That horse in question is hot and treacherous, and Jack Butler joins us now. Jack, good morning. Morning, Chris. Uh, hot and treacherous, is he bound for your Logan Village stables? Yeah, he flies out today, actually. Um, he he lobbed in Sydney this afternoon, and... 
they're going to leave him um, in Sydney's Wednesday just because of the heat wave, and then he'll travel up on Thursday. Okay, so let's go back to the very start here. How did this all come about? How did Hot and Treacherous become available? How did he end up on your radar? Oh, a mate of mine just, uh, he wasn't on the market at that stage or anything like that. Um, a mate of mine just said they'll, the owners were a bit over not being able to get a run with him, and um, they so they turned him out, and um, they just brought him back up, and he was sort of nearly ready to trial again, and there was still not m- many races going around. And he, um, my mate just said, um, you want to throw in an offer and just see how you go. And uh, that's how it started. So it was a bit of to and fro for a bit. And, um, yeah, we end up with him. Okay. As it stands, he's just turned five. He's had 40 career starts, 11 wins, and he's got 12 minor placings, earnings at a quarter of a million dollars. He is a high-quality horse. So I'm sure you're very familiar with Hot and Treacherous and have been for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a lovely horse. Um, you know, I don't follow the New Zealand racing much, but that's sort of great horses you do. Um, yeah, he, he's um, you know he's run placings to copy that a few times, and you know he's no slouch from what he's done over here. And um, you know the flying mile he won, I think in '52 or something like that, and that was a really good run. And, yeah, he's just a, you know he's only five year old really. He's only just starting to season into himself. Um, so hopefully we can keep him going like. The previous trainer had him, and uh, I think we'll have a hell of a lot of fun things. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, th- th- this would have been spurred on by a couple of things. Most importantly, the Constellations, which is coming up in, in the winter, and those races have been severely uh, boosted with prize money. Blacks are fake now at 400000 Sunshine Sprint, $200,000. So that's one obvious target. But the Inter-Dominion at the end of the year, was that the other big uh, you know, selling point for, for Hot and Treacherous and your new connections? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that's sort of what we were looking for, for that for them to sort of, well, obviously our winter carnival and, and the end of the minute, it's on your back doorstep. So, um, yeah, most definitely, that's that's definitely why we sort of were, were looking for that calibre of a horse. Um, we weren't, you know, didn't think we'd get him, but anyway, we did. And uh, But that's most definitely what we, we brought him for, mate, yeah. It's exciting to, to consider this horse and, and how much class he's got, that, He's going to be a serious player for the Inter Dominion Series later this year. Well, we'd like to think so. Um, you know, he's still got to get here and, and do it himself yet. But um, you know, he's proven on the track that he can. You know, he can mix it with the big boys. And um, yeah, that, that's that's the plan anyway, mate. Okay. Is it an existing ownership group? Is there a few people involved? Is there a new owner? What are we looking at here with Martin uh, Treacherous? Uh, no, it's um, it's a new owner. He, um, he he just sort of come out of the blue, and uh, he bought a couple for me in the last you know, sort of two months. And um, yeah, and then when this fellow arose, I, I just mentioned it to him, and yeah, he, he just went with it. So uh, it's worked out really well. Excellent, excellent. Well, we look forward to having him here in Queensland. He's now going to be an adopted Queenslander, hot and treacherous. So he'll arrive by the end of the week. Just a couple of your other stars. Speaking of the Inter Dominion and the Carnival, Adele, the other uh, star Victorian trotting mare. How's she coming along, Jack? Yeah, very nice actually. Um, I just we just worked it in this morning. She's um, yeah, she's by far the best trotter I've ever trained. Not that I've had any good ones, but um, uh, yeah, she's um, she's next level trotter in my opinion of what I've had. Um, yeah, she's just got a real presence about her, and, and the way she gets over the ground as a trotter and and everything like that, I, I couldn't be happier with her. She's yeah, she's probably about a couple of weeks off a trial. So, um, yeah, really happy with her progress. 
All right. And, and good news, obviously, with all these increases for the Trotters here, that the Queensland Trotters Cup, 100,000, and the Inter-Dominion at the end of the year, obvious targets again for Adele? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's sort of why um, the, the owner sent her up this way. And uh, just hope we could sort of get her through the carnival and, and hopefully onto the Inners, all going well. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's sort of where she's aiming at for sure. All right. And what about Danger Zone? How's he coming along? Yeah, he's doing really well. He's um, he's not far off starting fast work, and um, he's done really well. He's uh, field right out and actually looks like a horse now, not a rake. So um, I'm, I'm really happy with him. So do, do you look at a race like the Hayden, that new race during the carnival, being a Q-bred horse? Is that an obvious target for him? Yeah, definitely. Um, that sort of, once that, that sort of arose, I thought, oh, well, that's definitely one race I'll be looking for for sure. Yeah. Okay. And the Rising Sun, uh, that, that's another one that's on the on the periphery at this stage? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure, you know. Um, that's, yeah, that's was, was probably the main one until the aid ones come in. But, um, yeah, they'll both hopefully be on the radar all going well. Stay sound and everything like that. So, yeah, for sure. All right. Lot to look forward to. Yeah, we, we have. We've got a nice little team sort of coming around us at the moment. And, um, yeah, we are. We are really looking forward to this year. So, yeah, hopefully we can sort of bounce, bounce up and, and try and grab a couple of them big races and a bit of prize money. Well, it'd be easy getting out of bed when you've got horses like this to get up and work each morning. Yeah, it definitely makes it a bit easier. So, yeah, that's, um, yeah, it's a lot better. All right. Now, just reflecting on last year, huge year. You're a first maiden title as far as the Queensland State Trainer of the Year. Can you go back to back? <laughs> uh You'd like to think so, Chris, but um, you know how big a powerhouse Grant and Chantel are, and uh, yeah, you know we'll, we'll be giving it our best shot anyway. But um, yeah, like, I think we've got a nice team coming along, and as you know, you got to keep turning them over and, and things like that. So that can sort of keep happening. I'm, I'm sure we'll be up there somewhere again. In all seriousness, though, towards the end of last year, say October, November, December, was it just getting really chaotic for the stable, like just trying to keep? keep the winners coming and, and maintain that lead? Was it was it something that you could enjoy or was it just sort of bedlam in many ways? Uh, There's a lot of horses here that it probably should have been going for a blow, but we um we, we, we kept sort of trying to fashion them and pressing them on until the end of the season. Just, yeah, yeah, because it was on, of course it was on the back of our mind, you know, we, um, that's something, you, you know, it's a nice favour in the cup to have that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it was, yeah, I wouldn't say it was easy, that's for sure, you know, you sort of, you know, we're all... Mm. We're all com- competitive and, um, you know, we've all got more hitters and feet, mouths to feed. And, um, and we're just, yeah, so, like, you know, Pete and Chantel, they're very competitive. So was Grant and Trista. So was everyone, really. But, uh, yeah, yeah, she was uh, she was very, it was going to be hectic towards the end, yeah, for sure. Well, you come out on top. That's the main thing. you got that uh, title uh, against your name, and that can't be taken away from you. So, again, congratulations. Big team effort there. And again, congratulations, uh, picking up an absolute uh, star in Hot and Treacherous. You've got those other nice ones there in the camp. So hopefully 2023 is going to be a, a big and prosperous year for the stable. Yeah, let's hope so, mate. Thank you very much.